How do you go from an attorney to someone who sells donuts in New York City? Listen to this episode of the Local Business Podcast with Leslie from The Donut Project to find out. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Local Business Podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving, here with you for another episode of the show. Welcome back. This is episode number eight of the Local Business Podcast. We're really going through these a lot. If you have missed the last few episodes, here's what you missed. You missed us talking to Jay Bear about talk triggers and getting the customers to do your marketing for you. You missed Ethan from Thirst Drinks, who has three locations of his drinks and treats shop, which sounds like it's a small business, but it's really not. Tons of employees in Utah. He talks about how he did that at the ripe old age of 22. You missed Roger, the plumber, who's using YouTube. Let me just rephrase that. He's not just using YouTube and LinkedIn. He is crushing it on YouTube and LinkedIn to grow his business, first of all, to get new customers, but also to find people to join him on his team of plumbers in Texas. And we also talked to Habib of Young Nails, who has built a following of millions of followers on social, and he only started in 2017. In 2017, he decided to go all in on digital, and over the last three years, he's completely blown up his social, and that's all he spends his money on for advertising now. No more boots, no more print, no more shows. All he does is digital, and it's completely transformed his business. So if you're just finding this podcast today, those are the episodes you've already missed. Go subscribe, go check those out. But today's show is all about donuts. And uh, as much as I love pizza and burgers, I also love donuts. And Leslie from the Donut Project in New York has gone from attorney to donut pusher. And we talk all about that transition, how she's opened multiple locations of the Donut Project, what she sees for the future of franchising her business, and what she sees happening to Instagram. They have a ton of followers on Instagram, and they get discovered from all over the world, people going to New York City to try their donuts that find them on Instagram. We talk about what the next thing is because is Instagram changing? Is it uh, saturated and the reach is going down? And what do you do now if you've built a huge following on Instagram and you see that start to decline? We talk all about that as well. This is a really interesting episode. If you're looking to grow a local business or you're looking to see if you can franchise your business or a lot of ideas happening on this podcast episode with Leslie from the Donut Project. So check it out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Leslie Palazzotto from The Donut Project. I'm excited to have her join the podcast and share her journey. Uh, She has two locations in Manhattan, so that's obviously something we're going to talk about today. So first off, Leslie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I love to tell our story and I can't wait to tell you all about it. Yeah, the reason I started this podcast was because I love hearing about local business owners who start projects and uh, grow businesses, and there's always unique stories about how people got started. So if you wouldn't mind, would you like to share how you got started with all this crazy business? Yeah, it is a very interesting story. It's basically a lawyer walks into a bar. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's a joke, but this is really what happened. I was a uh, practicing attorney in California, going back and forth to New York a lot. Um, and I would, became very good friends with my future business partner, who was a bartender at Italy, which is a uh, Italian marketplace that's very popular in the Flatiron District. I'm and familiar. one of my times that I was hanging out, you know, at the bar drinking and eating delicious food, uh, my 
business partner, Troy, told me that he wanted to open a donut shop. And I pulled out my phone and I showed him all these pictures of donuts on the, <laughs> that I'd taken pictures of uh, when people would bring in donuts to the law firm and how happy they would make me feel and how it would just make my day so much better. And I actually was going to be moving to New York and I told him that maybe I could help him make the donut shop a reality. So fast forward, I moved to New York, um, still intending to practice law, but my law firm didn't have any work right away. And I had even taken the bar and passed it and was ready to go. And so I kind of had some time to sit back and think. So I'm encouraged by my husband to maybe just try to do something different for a change. And I'm a foodie, love the, the food industry, uh, wanted to get into the business somehow. And donuts seemed like, hey, this will be pretty easy to do which is not correct. Uh, <laughs> so I, you know, reached out to Troy and said, Hey, let's, let's do this. So we spent some time writing a business plan, raising capital, and we opened our first location in October of 2015. Wow. So that's kind of a, a short version of a very long and detailed and, you know, hard work process. Did you grow up in California? I grew up in North Carolina and I lived in California for 12 years prior to moving to New York in 2012. Oh, okay. So what's it like? I mean, New York and California are two totally different places. Completely different. And people ask me every time they know that, which one do you like better? And it's New York, 100%. Now, um, taking, you must take weather. You must, yeah, I was gonna say you must take weather out of the equation for that. You take weather out of the equation, and uh, as everyone knows, California is a very car-centric town. So you drive an hour and a half to go anywhere, and you end up kind of staying in your bubble because you don't want to do that. <laughs> in New York, you can go anywhere you want, any time of the day, and it's just so much easier, and it's just so much more energy and just excitement and there's always something happening. Yeah. I feel like New York and uh, like I, I go to Los Angeles quite a bit and I'm from Boston. So I go to New York, I go to Los Angeles quite a bit and they both have similar vibes, but they're like you said, there's something about New York city, the vibe, it's always hustle and bustle. It always makes you feel like you're motivated and have to get stuff done. And you want to keep moving forward whenever you're around people from New York or in New York. Exactly. I mean, New York's full of, um, you know, a lot of people who are motivated and driven to be successful and make something happen. And it's, you know, it's, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. It's a, it's a cliche, but New York is full of people trying to make it. And um, you gotta, you gotta be tough. <laughs> That's for sure. Where did you learn how to make donuts? Well, technically, I don't know how to make donuts. I've never made them professionally. Um, my business partner, when he was pitching the idea to me, was making them in a tiny little fryer in his apartment. Um, <laughs> they were horrible. They were nothing of what they are today. And when we opened, he had never even made donuts in like a commercial mixer. It had all been done on a KitchenAid uh, stand mixer. And we had no idea what we were doing. Seriously? And Yes, 100%. And we eventually, you know, kind of tweaked and tested the recipe a lot and totally improved our dough. And our niche and our kind of our claim to fame is that we take inspiration from food and cocktails. So we've always had unique donuts that you can't get anywhere else. And so that's what set us apart pretty much. Wow. So you when you opened, you never really made donuts, you or your partner in a like a, in a commercial environment at all? Never. No. And neither one of us had owned our own business. I had always worked in an office environment for someone else. And he had, he had been bar a bartender for a long time and it always worked for someone else. And here we are, you know, opening in the toughest city in the world with the highest failure rate, especially for food businesses. And neither one of us 
pretty much knew what we were doing at all. That must have been, <laughs> if you said to somebody before you opened, all right, I'm going to take two people who don't know anything about the food business, who have never made donuts before. We're going to stick them in New York and open a donut shop. I bet you the percentage of people who said you would have been successful would have been in the low Zero. single digits. <laughs> exactly. We were very naive. Um, but sometimes that's a good very, thing. Yeah. We would have never done it if we had known what was, you know, what it takes, but we're both very motivated, driven people and we do not quit and we literally do whatever it takes. And in the beginning, I mean, I used to be a fancy lawyer driving around in a BMW and I washed dishes. I cleaned the bathroom. I sell donuts. I serve coffee. I delivered donuts all over the, the city. I mean, you, you do whatever it takes. I mean, we've grown enough that I don't have to do those things now, but in the beginning for, you know, the first uh, year and a half, it was a very skeleton crew, small team, because we just didn't have the money to, to have a bunch of employees. Yeah. I was, uh, so when did you open your first donut shop? October 15th, 2015. So not that long ago. I mean, 2015 well, is four years ago now. Well, five years ago now. Right. Um, I was actually talking to somebody else who has a donut shop in Atlanta and he was explaining, he was talking about how when he first opened, like he wouldn't have it, you know how you usually walk into a donut uh, restaurant and you see the donuts all displayed and you get to choose which one you want. He was telling right. me a story of like when he first opened, he's like, I didn't have any money. So I'd had no, I had no donuts in the display case. I had to literally like go back and make donuts as people ordered them. He's like, it took me so long to be able to afford <laughs> well, we to make donuts and display them. We didn't want to have a display case either because you throw those away. Yeah, and it was just like, waste, right? Oh, we can't afford to throw away, you know, eight, ten. I mean, when we first started, it was like eight donuts. Now we have around <laughs> 15 different flavors. But I mean, that's how it, how crazy it was. And, you know, the renovations took three months longer than they were supposed to, to our space. And so we were paying rent for two months without any revenue. It oh. was like nightmare scenario, you know, as bad as you could think. What was the turning point? Like how long in were you before it started to like, all right, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Interestingly, uh, the end of January, there was a donut festival. It was uh, in Brooklyn and we were invited to participate and it was a, it was a competition. And uh, it was a very hard challenge for us to, to make all of these donuts to take to this, this donut uh, festival. And we, we did it. We went over there. We took one of our most unique donuts, the beet glaze with ricotta cheese filling, and we won. Wow. We won the festival. We got a cool trophy, and we won a $3,000 prize. And we were like, yes, <laughs> we've made it. We've made it. So that was kind of the first little nice thing that happened to us. And then the second nice thing that happened, which was literally a month later, we launched our everything donut and it changed our life overnight. What's that? Well, we do a donut called the everything donut and it's inspired by the everything bagel and which is an iconic New York bagel. And we have a cream cheese glaze on the donut and it had the seeds and toppings from an everything bagel, even a touch of garlic. And an influencer came and took a picture of the donut and posted it on an Instagram. And the very next day, we got a call from a lifestyle food website brand called Gothamist interviewing us, asking about the donut because they had seen it on Instagram. And we did a little interview within an hour. She had written a story and it was online. And the next morning we were sitting there saying, maybe this donut's too wild and people won't want it because it does have a little bit of garlic. 
and our phone started ringing off the hook. It was ABC News, NBC News, uh, Wall Street Journal. Really? England, every, every person in the world was calling us asking about the donut. Every daytime TV show that's filmed here in New York wanted the donuts on their show. It literally changed our life overnight. That's amazing. <laughs> you must be trying to think now, like, all right, what can we do to replicate that? Yeah, <laughs> there'll never be another everything donut. It's, it's, I, I, we, we don't count on that. And, but we are so thankful that that gave us so much publicity and recognition and people came in our shop every day and filmed and our social media grew. And I mean, we have people from all over the world who come to our shop and want to try that donut. Why do you think it, it was, what, what was it about that one donut that made such a big splash? I think it was a perfect storm of, it was right at the beginning when food, social media was becoming a, a thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, wasn't always a thing and it's probably won't be a thing forever. I think it's actually on the decline, but um, it was very up and coming for people to post about food on Instagram. And also the everything bagel is iconic to New York. And also that time, which was big on Instagram were food mashups where you had two things that were considered a mashup and they considered this to be a bagel donut mashup, which we, always said, no, it's not. It's a donut with just the everything toppings and glaze. So right. but it somehow got categorized as one of these food mashups, like that were trending, like the rainbow bagel. And there was just like all these cool, like things that people were doing that were beautiful on, on Instagram. And they just caught a lot of people's eyes, like the milkshakes, you know, the yeah. crazy milkshakes, that kind of thing. It got lumped in with that, even though we didn't really see it as that. Um, but it was a positive thing because it just, it just, promoted us and a lot of people got to find out who we were. And I mean, you can have a hypey thing and that's all great, but you have to back it up with a good product. Yeah. And that's what we've done. We've always had a good product so that people keep coming back. Was that everything donut? Was it good? It was very good. Okay. So that helps. It, it helps. Yes. Because there's yeah. a lot of things on Instagram that look good that aren't good. No, that is 100% correct. A lot of things you couldn't eat, even eat half of it, but this donut, <laughs> Our dough is very light and fluffy. It's not sweet at all. Um, and the cream cheese glaze is a nice little sweet component. And then the seasoned toppings added a kind of a salty, nutty, savory, crunchy topping. And it was it's very, very delicious. And a lot of people really love it. Hmm. So I come from the pizza world where dough is very important. And there's different styles. You know, there's Neapolitan, there's Detroit, there's Sicilian, there's deep dish. There's different styles of dough for each different style of pizza that you have. Is it the same with dough? Is it the same with donuts? Like, is there different styles of dough and different batches of dough and ways you ferment and um, mix well, it? There is definitely. When we first started, all of our donuts were yeast raised dough and we double proof, uh, double raise the dough. So you mix it all together, you form it into a ball and you let that rise for a certain amount of time. And then you take it out and you roll it out you make your cuts for your donuts. And then you let those rise again. Um, so we only had yeast raised donuts for a very long time. And then recently we've added, um, old fashioned dough, which is a totally different type of dough. It's more like a cake. Yeah. Um, and then we also just recently added a cruller dough, which is a specific French pate choux dough. That's a new, a different technique as well. So we now have different doughs, but when we first started, it was just the yeast risen dough and we just really worked to make it light and fluffy not greasy. You just tasted it and it was just like a delicious 
delicious donut. And people actually wanted to eat it with nothing on it, but we didn't sell it that way. It's just a really good donut. What's the most, what was the most popular donut like when you first started? The bacon maple bar. Um, It's a West Coast Midwest thing, a bar shaped donut with maple glaze. And we put a whole crispy, salty strip of bacon on it. And it's just delicious. It's that sweet and salty, which is kind of our MO. We like to, you know, balance the flavor profile. So it's either sweet and salty or sweet and savory or sweet and spicy. There's always something. It's never going to be a sugar bomb with candy and cereal and stuff like that. It's actually sophisticated flavor profiles. Huh. How do you come up with the different flavor profiles? Where do you get your inspiration from? From food and cocktails. Uh, the beet, our beet donut that we won donut fest with was inspired by a beet salad. Um, the everything donut was inspired by the everything bagel. We also work with restaurants and we'll take a dish from their menu and use the ingredients and use that to take inspiration and make a donut. And so the ingredient might become a topping or it might become a filling or it might become a glaze. And so we like to really push the envelope on what a donut can be, but the donut has to be good. It's not just for, for hype. It's flavors that work well together. And a lot of times you're, when you're eating, you have bread and you're, you know, you're eating bread with your food. And so it kind of makes sense. We have a, olive oil black pepper donut that at first people thought really? was insane yeah it's a, a olive oil black pepper glaze donut and it's delicious and people thought it was crazy and we were like well do you ever like dip your bread in olive oil at a restaurant and they're like yeah and we're like do you ever put like salt and pepper in the olive oil and they're like yeah and we're like okay there it is <laughs> yeah i think i think people get so in their routine and their regimen of what they do that they can't see outside the line sometimes and then they think that just because you know, you don't necessarily think of a donut with olive oil and black pepper on it, that it's not going to be good. But then they True. try it and experiment and I mean, you never know. Definitely. I mean, we have a plain glazed donut on our menu, which we didn't when we opened. We considered our olive oil black pepper to be our plain glaze. Oh, really? Oil. Yeah. But we, we realized quickly that you have to have vanilla plain glaze. You have to have a chocolate donut, although ours is spectacular, but it, it still is a chocolate glazed donut. <laughs> And, you know, we have a lemon flavor. So there's our, we have a spectrum of flavors. You can get something very simple and it can go all the way to the other side of the spectrum to kind of crazy. What do you, did the, the, your, most of your customers order the specialty ones, not just the regular plain ones? You know, it depends. Uh, every weekend we do a weekend special or a collaboration donut that we really, really push the envelope and do more unique stuff. And we have people that come every week and they want that crazy, that new, that unique donut that you've never seen before. Um, but then you have people who come in and they're getting donuts for their office and they want, you know, give me four chocolates, four vanillas, four lemons, and, you know, four whatever that are, are a little more simple. Um, but definitely we have customers for the whole spectrum that we provide. By the way, go to uh, the Donut Project on Instagram because you have a really good feed of donuts on your feed. Uh, you can see all the different kinds of donuts that you guys have over there. Uh, the Donut Project on Instagram. I think there's two foods that I love looking at on Instagram: donuts and pizza. Exactly. <laughs> and I, donut is spelled the correct way, the long way: D O U G H N U T. Is the short way D O N U T? Is that like the American version of donut? Yeah, it's the I, they. You know, America, everything's got to be shortened down and quicker and faster. <laughs> yeah. But um, when people ask us why do we spell it the long way we always just say well how do you spell dough true i always assume like if i see a a, a name spelled out long on instagram i just assume that the url was taken 
<laughs> no, this luckily our URL wasn't taken when we came up with the name of the Donut Project, which wasn't our original name, by the way. What was it? Well, when we originally started, our entity, our, our you know legal entity name is Donut Bar LLC because we, my my business partner is a bartender, and we kind of we knew we wanted to take inspiration from cocktails, and so we kind of wanted to have that bar vibe. So it was going to be called Donut Bar. And then we quickly realized there was already one in San Diego. I was just going to so, say, I think I know that guy, the Donut Bar in San Diego. He's like a, a chef guy, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Do you definitely. know him? Or? I don't know him personally, but I definitely know he's got the name locked up. And we were we wanted to trademark and our, for our brand. Uh, it's not just donuts. We actually have merchandise and uh, we have our intellectual property that we license to uh, people who want to open the Donut Project in other places. So we knew we had to change our name. So we spent literally one day trying to brainstorm and pick something that wasn't already, you know, picked. Right. And we came up with the Donut Project and it actually was kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy because that's all we do is projects. We do collaborations with other brands. We do corporate custom donuts. And so we have so many projects going on at, at all the time that it's, it's funny because we're, we work on a project every week. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, I was looking at your, your Instagram feed and it's the name fits, right? Because it looks like you're experimenting all the time. So it's like a project, a work in progress, a project going on all the time. Um, that, is true. that being said, you're in, you have a quite a good following on Instagram. How did you apply that? Well, I handle the social media. I literally knew nothing about Instagram and um, I started to amass uh, followers through inviting influencers to come to the shop and taste donuts. And if they, they liked them, they could post about them or, or whatnot. And this was before people got paid. <laughs> you know, I've never paid an influencer ever. And um, so we just started to amass a following and we just kept getting more and more press because um, you know, our donuts that we had alcohol in, we did a lot of um, alcohol donuts for, for big brands. They would call us and say, hey, we want you to create a donut. We've worked with Moet Chandon, Tullamore, um, Irish Whiskey, Four Roses Bourbon. I mean, you name it. We work with these brands and we create donuts and they have these huge PR teams that promote promote the collaboration. And we just kind of happily get uh, a lot of recognition for what we do. And so we've just amassed a lot of followers on Instagram and we've had videos before all of the algorithms that have over a million views. Really? Yes. Like of what? What were the videos of? Glazing donuts and topping them and just simple, simple stuff before Instagram took all that. (laughs) There's something about watching those videos on Instagram. That's so satisfying. I think that's why all these videos get so many views. You could just sit there and watch it over and over and over again. It's definitely relaxing and plus people like to see behind the scenes and see what, you know, how, how it's done. And especially the thing donut is so visual and so many videos where you see, you know, us glazing it and then sprinkling the seeds on top in slow motion. It's just, it's like, it's made for, for that, you know, glazing donuts is made for videos. So I feel like you, you're not thinking Instagram's the future of marketing. I don't, I think it's on the decline. It's just, it's very disheartening because we have 120,000 followers, but when I post something, probably one tenth of them even see it. Um, they just don't, they hold it back and they don't let your people see it because they want you to pay yeah. to boost it and pay for ads and stuff. So it's changed. It's changed 
a lot. And I think we were in that sweet spot when everything was free. And when you had 50,000 followers and you posted something, 50,000 eyeballs saw it in their feed. And that's just not the case anymore. So now we got to find the new Instagram so you can get ahead of that one. That's true. If you know, you tell me. I'm maybe, it's, get on it. maybe it's TikTok. Are you guys on TikTok? People keep saying that's what it is. And I downloaded the app, but I haven't had the time to figure out how I want to do it because I know it's very, very short videos and anything we do, it just takes a little bit longer than 15 seconds. So I was talking to, uh, his name's Habib and he owns Young Nails, which is a nail product company. And mm -hmm. they do like nail stuff. And he does TikTok. He has like a million followers on TikTok. And all they do is, you know, 30 to 60, I think 60 seconds max for the video of them like yeah. doing nails. Yeah. And then that's all <laughs> the video is. So if you go on there, Young Nails on TikTok, he has a million followers on there. Well, um, I tell you, it's a goal of mine within the next month to to get started on it. Yeah, just, just go, um, just glaze all your donuts and just 20 second <laughs> exactly. glazing donuts. You'll, you'll have a huge following on there. Exactly. I just... I mean, I love Instagram. It's still the, you know, the way we communicate what we're doing, but it's, you know, I have, have customers that come in and say, I follow you, but I don't see what the weekend special yeah, is tough. unless I specifically go to you, you know? Yeah. It's tough so because you're right. Like yeah. there are customers, like if you do, sometimes we'll do a Facebook live and we'll get a customer or someone that emails us. Hey, I didn't get, I have notifications turned on. I still didn't get notified. Right. Like it's, what is it's going tough. on? It's tough. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think Instagram is here for a while, but I just, I want to look for other ways because it's, it's very limited now. And I mean, I, a video would never get a million views today, but we've had several that did. That's great. So the collaborations that you do, do people reach out to you guys or do you go out and search for who you can do collaborations with? 90% of the people reach out to us. Really? Yes. Do they find you from other people that have collaborated with you or is it from Instagram or Facebook or how do they find you? It's from Instagram and, and just from our website. Cause we publish that, you know, on our website, we say what projects we've done. I mean, yeah. we've worked with not, not only food brands, but like Estee Lauder, we've, we've done a makeup launch with them. I mean, there's, we've done some crazy stuff like Valspar paint and we've done something for Disney for the Avengers movie. I mean, we've, you name it. We've, we've done it. What was the Disney one? I saw the Marvel donut on your website. What was that about? They reached out to us. Uh, the Avengers Endgame movie was going on digital and Blu-ray, so they just wanted one day. They paid us to do a donut to promote that launch, and that was it. Like, wow. that was cool. We sold them for one day, and that was it. So you just come up. Did they did they tell you what they want you to do, or do they say, "Hey, we we're doing this. Give us some ideas." They want us to give them ideas. I'd say most of the time they want our opinion on what should be done. They definitely give feedback and tweak and say, Hey, can we do this instead? Or can we, can you add this? Or yeah, you know, definitely it's a collaborative thing, but they look to us to come up with the ideas. And do you just get with the team and try to brainstorm different things that could be creatively appealing for Disney or for the Marvel movie? Yeah. And with this, it just was a natural logo, you know, just to do the logo. Um, you know, when we do alcohol brands and stuff, we'll say, well, mm. you know, this is made, this, this whiskey's from Ireland. What's an, what's an, a cool Irish dessert. Okay. Let's try to make a donut based off of that dessert. Yeah. So you kind of just play around with, with those types of things to, to find ideas. Hmm. What's the most challenging part about being in the business? labor. Yeah. That's everybody in the local, anybody who has a local business, no matter if you're a retail shop, no matter what shop you are, labor is the number one thing that everybody says. 
it's so difficult because a, it's a very labor intensive product. Um, B every day you start from nothing. You have to make your product <laughs> a door with ice cream and it's there that, you know, is still left over from the day before right. you, you make everything every day, which of course makes sense, but it's, <laughs> you're starting from zero. And then there's it, no catching it, up ever. No. And you know, the prep work and we're always doing something new. It's like, there's no, Every day, this is the same kind of thing. So some days it's a long day. Some days it's a short day. And I'm, you know, I've always been, you know, a lawyer or worked in the corporate world where I was responsible for my success. And here I have a team of people who I have to depend on to, you know, I need my guy to be there at 2 a.m. to start the dough. And, you know, if somebody's let you down, it's, it's a huge, huge deal. Yeah. You know, it's hard to depend on so many people. Do you think that moving forward, that's going to be a hindrance to people growing businesses is the labor force? I really do. And I mean, the minimum wage in New York is $15 an hour. So is it right now, $15 an hour. Yes, it that's is crazy. So even, you know, entry level position jobs, you're, you're having to pay. I, I, I want everyone to get paid fairly, but it's just hard with, um, in New York because of that. And also the rents are, out of control. So you have high rent, you have high labor. So your expenses are a lot. So um, some people tend to think our donuts are a little expensive, but they, they are because of the ingredients we use and because they, they're, they're part of the, the project. I mean, we can't sell them for $2 or we wouldn't be there. You, you can't like, I think people have to decide what they want. You can't have high minimum wages and then low cost products. They just don't go together. Right. And people were like, oh, these are so expensive. I'm just going to go to Dunkin'. And I'm like, sure, go to Dunkin' and eat a donut that was probably made two days ago in a factory. <laughs> far, far away. In the middle of New Jersey. Yeah. Or have this donut that was made an hour ago right back here in this you know kitchen behind me. So uh, the product speaks for itself. And most people don't have a problem with the, with the cost, especially in New York because everything's pricey, but you know, there's a lot of competition for that treat in New York. There's cookie dough, there's ice cream, there's a bakery on every corner selling croissants and pastries. And there's a big influx of, uh, you know, international bakeries that have come to New York from Australia and um, Sweden. And so there's a lot of competition for that treat. Um, but luckily people just, you know, love donuts. And so we're just proud to be a part of the donut scene in New York. Yeah. I don't think the love of donuts is going anywhere. Maybe Instagram may go somewhere or um, you know, costs will rise, but people will still always love donuts. That's true. And I mean, they really make people happy. I mean, I have never seen a person, you know, come into a meeting that somebody bought donuts and be pissed off. I think if you look around, everyone's super happy and excited and it just changes the mood and everybody lightens up and is excited to either work late or be in that boring <laughs> meeting. You know? So, yeah. I mean, Definitely take donuts to your office. <laughs> so you have two locations now. Are you? Is there plans to open anymore or franchise or what's the plan moving forward? We are definitely in growth mode. Uh, nothing else in Manhattan. It is too expensive. We are going to other states. Um, we have a few cities picked out that we are going to target that uh, makes sense for us in the demographic. Uh, foodie towns, towns with you know, people that have disposable income and great jobs and there's sports teams there and there's not a lot of high-end donut competition there. 
So we're being very strategic on where we want to go. And we're also expanding internationally with licensing. We currently have a license um, in place in Saudi Arabia, believe it or not, of all places. Um, They are huge into Western treats. And uh, we've had a licensee over there for two years. And we are working with a group right now that wants to take us somewhere else internationally, but I don't want to jinx it. So I can't say anything, but <laughs> uh, license agreements just mean that you, you have the right uh, in a certain geographical area that is negotiated to, to open a donut project and have access to our recipes, our technique, our know-how, get trained by us how to make the donuts, um, use our logo, our name, our merchandise and all of that. So that's uh, internationally, that's what we want to do domestically. We want to own and operate our own shops. I'd say you should open up in Boston, but Boston's not much different than New York when it comes to the cost of everything. I know. I know everybody says come to Boston and I'm like, well, it's probably not going to be any cheaper and, or, or Chicago. And I'm like, that town has so many donut places. That's not, I, I think it would be hard for us to just drop in and try to make a name for ourselves. So we're looking for places, little, maybe smaller cities that don't have um, a huge scene yet. And, um, you know, we're, we've got a couple places on the radar. Well, next time I'm in New York City, I'm going to have to stop in. Definitely. You let me know. DM me on Instagram and I'll be there and give you the red carpet treatment. All right, perfect. Speaking of Instagram, go follow The Donut Project on Instagram, The Donut Project, and also uh, thedonutproject.com is your website. Is there any other place where people should go say hello to you or follow you or where are you located in New York City if they are there? In the West Village, our original location, um, which is on 10 Morton Street in the West Village. And we have our uptown location, which is near Central Park, which is on, uh, it's 912 7th Avenue. Both of our shops are amazing, but the one in the West Village is the OG and it's a definitely an experience when you come there. There's We have street art on the walls. We have um, art with gilded frames. We have chandeliers. We have um, murals. We have a cool movie on the, on the TV. We have fun music and you're going to have a lot of fun when you come visit us. One thing I didn't ask you, do you make the donuts like in view or are they made somewhere like in the back? They're made in the back. Okay, so when someone comes in, they just like a restaurant style, right in front. Yeah, we have a display case with all of the flavors. Uh, an example, you know, what we have for that day. We wanted it to be a glass, you know, like people see us working. But to be quite frank, it was way too expensive for us to make the wall half glass, and so we had to when when we were poor and trying to finalize to get the place open, we we said, okay, just do the wall. It's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you start. You, that's the that's the how you start. You always like you, there's like a couple options. The number one question: All right, which one's cheaper? Right, and our kitchen's horrible. It's too small. It's an L shape. It's it, it, we have one little fryer, and it's amazing what we can pull out of that place. But it, we know the next place we go, we know how we want our kitchen to be, and it's not how ours is right. Now. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> what is your favorite donut there? My favorite donut is the peanut butter and jelly donut. It's um, I'm, I'm a peanut butter freak and I, that's my favorite. It's my go-to. If you, you'll see a picture of it on Instagram. If you go, I just recently posted a picture. It is the bomb. And that that's the, that's if someone says, all right, Leslie, I'm going to donut project. Which donut should I get? That's the one you tell them to get. I say, if you like peanut butter, get the peanut butter and jelly. Okay. Excellent. And, and before that, before we had it on the menu, I would eat the everything. That was my favorite. That's still on the menu. Oh yeah. We can't take it off. I mean, it's, we, you know, we keep building the menu and we keep trying to take something off and people have a heart attack when we do. And it's just, (laughs) 
it's it's nostalgic for us right now because I'm not kidding. Every day we have someone come in from Scotland or Australia or Japan and they want that donut because they've seen it and they they want to see it. They want to try it. I'm going to have to go check that one out on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Leslie, I appreciate you taking the time. It was awesome talking to you. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me and please come visit us. I know you'll enjoy the donuts. And if you're listening to the podcast and you're driving or you're at the gym, uh, we'll link everything up in the show notes. Just go over to the website and uh, we'll link up the website for the Donut Project and the Donut Project on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. Well, thank you, Leslie, for joining me on the podcast. That was awesome talking to you. Guys, go check out The Donut Project on Instagram. We'll link up all the show notes for you as well over at our website, thebruceirving.com. And then just type on blog there and all of our podcast episodes will pop up there. Also, if you're listening to this on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this on, leave me a review, hit that subscribe button. And the best thing that you can do for a local business, for this podcast, for anything that you enjoy is to help spread the word. Hit the share button. Tell a few friends that own local businesses about this podcast. And no matter what business you go into, a local business, a pizzeria, a donut shop, if they're doing a great job, the best thing that they can help that you can help them do is not call them and give them a review. That's fantastic. But tell a few people about your experience and how good it is. That's the best thing that you can do is share your great experience. So if you're listening to this podcast, and we've brought you any value for free, hit the share button, tell a few friends about the podcast, help us grow the audience because that's going to help us get bigger, not necessarily bigger because I don't care about that, but it's going to help us legitimize the guests that we get in the future because as much as I hate it, some of the guests look at our podcast and they want to know how many downloads you have. And when I say, we just started, and they say, no, we can't come on the podcast and I never talk to them again. No, just kidding. I talk to them again, but listen, Help us spread the word. That would be great. Hit that subscribe button. Help us spread the word. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one.